Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Eye on the Ball. I'm back again. It's Tuesday. Well, for all of y'all, for me, as usual, I'm recording this on Monday. So I'm just a day behind here, all of you guys. And we're here to talk again about the World Baseball Classic. I have some other stuff towards the end of the show to talk about uh, in terms of spring training or more like some contracts being signed. Some exciting news there for a couple of teams. We'll get into that later. But if you saw the title of this episode, you already know one of them. But, 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 but the World Baseball Classic has been kicked off the group stages have been going on and there are already some teams through to uh through to the final eight through to the quarterfinals i couldn't remember the word there for a second you guys that was really really bad the quarterfinals uh there are already some teams through so we're gonna go over the pools to look at my predictions from last week and how they're stacking up against the results that we're seeing now it's important to note that not all games have been played only a couple of Pools have played all of their games so far. Pool C and Pool D are still playing games at the time of recording, and so it's not all finished yet. The standings aren't complete yet at the time of recording, so we're just waiting on some of those pools to finish up. But pools A and B are determined. Pools A and B have been decided, and you know, I told you guys last week, if you listened in last week, I was going to be cheering. Like, you've never heard a man cheer before if I had gotten any of these pools correct. Uh, yeah, that safe to say, since you did not hear me cheering like a madman at the start of this, I have not gotten these pools correct. I, I just haven't. Now, mind you, there's still time to get pool C and D correct. There is still an opportunity there. Do I hold my hopes high? Absolutely not. However... There was one pool that I was relatively close on. We'll get to that here in a second. But, 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 we do have some upsets. We do have some surprise results. And we just have some bad predictions on my part. But <laughs> let's go through and look to see where I put these teams once again. Like I said, from last week, we're going to take a look and compare to what the standings actually look like. So, of course, we start out in Pool A. Pool A has been decided. Pools A and B have been decided at this point. So let's see how I did versus the actual result. I put Chinese Taipei in last in Pool A, followed by, uh, followed by Panama, then Italy, and then Cuba and Netherlands in first. I thought Netherlands would have what it takes. And, you know, when it all started, Netherlands beat Cuba. I thought that was, you know, game over. I thought I had it. I thought I, I, I was so confident, you guys. So confident. The team looked so good. They were on fire. Eh, it did not happen. It just did not happen. Granted, this group actually ended in some drama. I'll explain here in a second. Let's look at the actual standings of Pool A. So, it is Cuba in first. Actually, let's go fifth to first. I spoiled first already, but we start out in fifth, and I got Chinese Taipei correctly, or China Taipei. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it is Chinese Taipei. I'm you know I'm reading this as I'm going along here, so uh, pardon me here. But <laughs> we have Chinese Taipei in fifth. I got that one correct. Uh, you know, first prediction correct. Good job, me. And actually, Panama in fourth. So, again, I got this one correct. I am pretty happy so far. Does it continue? No. No, it does not. Netherlands finished in third. 
Netherlands finished in third in this group, followed by Italy and Cuba in first. Italy sneaking in there, sneaking into second and going through. I was very much shocked by this. Very much shocked by this result. I did not expect Italy to go through. Granted, a lot of the people that I was listening to as I was making predic- predictions, uh, a lot of the people I was talking to or listening to, not a lot of people had Italy going through. You know, I think it was a pretty common idea that Netherlands and Cuba would be the two teams to obviously go through. It was just a question of which would end up on top. I, I don't think anyone really expected Italy to grab second, but it was it's a very dramatic group. And here's why all five teams in this group had a two and two record. All five teams ended up in a tie. So you might be wondering if you don't know. How does the tiebreaker work? How do they decide who goes through? And it all has to do with the ratio of outs recorded, defensive outs recorded uh, for these teams versus the amount of runs they allowed. And the lowest ratio wins. So the two lowest ratios here went to Cuba and Italy. So they were the two that went through. These other three teams played very well. Panama and Chinese Taipei did better than I expected, especially Chinese Taipei. I expected them to come away 0-4 in this one, but nope, 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 nope. They came away with two wins. They had a very strong tournament. They did more than what I think a lot of people expected, but that's baseball. That's baseball for you. You get excited. You get some results that you never would have planned for or that you never would have seen coming. And, you know, there's more drama that I'll talk about here in a minute when it comes to crazy results. But first we get to pool B and we have China in fifth. These are my predictions from last week. China in fifth, Czech Republic in fourth, Australia in third, Korea in second, and Japan in first. I thought this was a no-brainer. I thought maybe Czech Republic and Australia would be fighting it for third, but again, I was surprised. I got shocked here. So let's take a look at what the final result actually was. In fifth, we do have China. I did get that one correct. They went 0-4, a very rough tournament for China, which, again, I kind of predicted that one. I I will give myself this prediction. I thought it was a very easy prediction to get, though. Uh, 0-4 for China. They just didn't have anything really going on for them in this one. In fourth, it is Czech Republic. Again, I got this one correct. Uh, They didn't do much better in this tournament. One in three, but that's about what I expected. I didn't really see them doing much. I didn't really see them excelling or pulling in Italy in this one, Uh, but still, they end up in fourth. Here's where it gets interesting. Korea finished in third. Korea finished this one in third, two and two was their final record, despite setting a record, a World Baseball Classic record for the number of runs scored by a single team in one game. That was in their game against Czech Republic, where the final score was 22 to two. And I just have to say that is a painful result. Ouch. <laughs> not much more you can say about that one. Just ouch. However, that was not the highest scoring game overall in this tournament, uh, which again, I'll get to here in a minute. But Korea finished in third. Australia takes second. Australia took second in this tournament, and I am so happy for them because, again, it's, it's one of those upsets. You didn't expect Australia to go through. None of us did. 
it was an absolute absolute upset and i i am very happy for australia because before i actually looked at the rosters before i made my predictions last week i thought australia was going to have a much more you know dominating roster i thought they were going to have a much more dominating staff obviously liam Hendricks couldn't be a part of this team uh, because of the health issues that he's been facing but i thought that this team you know, had a bit more to it on paper. On paper, though, it was kind of a weak team, and definitely Korea seemed to have the advantage. However, Australia, 3-1 and one in this tournament, did very, very well. And the one team they did not beat was the team that came in first, and that was Japan, who ended up having a 4-0 and record in this tournament, absolutely dominating the field. They are not going to be stopped. I think at this point, they look like the team to beat in this tournament. They look absolutely unstoppable. Otani is on fire. This entire team is on fire. And this was kind of what I was mentioning last week when I talked about that you know togetherness that Japan seems to play with above all other teams when it comes to whatever sport they're playing in, in the World Cup as a squad. Again, Back in the World Cup, that team didn't really have a lot of exciting names, names that would get you off of your seat and, you know, up onto your feet and cheering and excited. No star-studded roster. However, they played so well to come in first in that group stage and, and just get knocked out in the knockout rounds. But the difference between the World Cup and the World Baseball Classic is in the World Baseball Classic, this is a star-studded roster. You know, beyond Otani, you have Yamamoto, who had a great game in that final game that they had uh, in the group stages here, in their final game. Yamamoto pitched very well. Otani, obviously on fire. Lars Newtbar has been playing well also. And it's just been a strong showing from everyone on that squad. It is absolutely impressive to watch. And again, Japan was the only team that Australia could not get past because they are just absolutely unstoppable. Again, they look like the team to beat. I know Venezuela has looked incredible. Dominican Republic still has some games to play, so they could turn it on as well. USA is looking pretty good as well as Canada. However, overall, Japan looks absolutely terrifying absolutely terrifying now i'll go through pool c and d but again these rounds are not finished these group stages are not finished they haven't played all their games but here is group c here are my predictions for group c so in fifth we have great britain in fourth i had canada in third colombia in second mexico and in first usa now i might have underestimated canada in this group stage because they are playing absolutely splendid baseball absolutely splendid game here but let's look at the actual standings and it is great britain they are currently 0-2 they've played the u.s and canada at this point and kind of got knocked around by both this is the game against Canada and Great Britain, that was the highest scoring game, uh, at least so far in this World Baseball Classic. I'm not sure about all time. I did not look that up. However, it was the highest scoring game of this tournament so far. 18 to 8 was the final score in this one. So this was absolutely crazy. Canada on fire. 
to start this tournament so far. In fourth is the USA, and they're currently one and one. Still two games to play at this time, so anything can happen. Mexico is in third. They're also one and one. Colombia is in second, and Canada sits in first. And both Canada and Colombia currently have one and no records at the time of recording. That will change by the time that this comes out, though. So again, this pool could change at any point. Anything can still happen. I mean, US can win all three of their next games or all two of their next games sorry two of their next games because they're currently one and one finished three and one and we just don't know we don't know how this is going to finish I definitely don't know I don't have any prediction at this point because it just looks so crazy all I'm really sure about at this point is that Great Britain's probably finishing in last I just don't see them getting past Colombia or Mexico at this point I I expect them to finish with an 0-4 record they could surprise me it wouldn't be the first shock we've had again Australia made it to the knockout rounds however I just don't see Great Britain really doing anything for the rest of this tournament now we finish out in group D and again this one is not done yet so take these results with a grain of salt We'll go back to my predictions from last week first. And I have Israel in fifth, followed by Nicaragua, Puerto Rico in third, Venezuela in second, and Dominican Republic in first. Dominican Republic was seen by many as the team to be in this tournament. But so far, there is a team that has looked even better. There is a team that has looked even more on fire than Dominican Republic. A couple teams, actually, if you include Japan. But in this pool alone, let's look at what is happening. So Nicaragua currently sits in fifth. They are 0-2 at the time of recording. Just hasn't had they haven't had a good tournament so far. They've been close. They almost had a win in their last game, uh, but a three-run comeback from Israel saw that go down the drain. In fourth place, we currently have Dominican Republic, but they are currently 0-1. Still three games to play. Anything can happen. A turnaround is absolutely, I'd say, eminent. I don't think they're going down without a fight. If anything, uh, I can easily see them coming back and taking first or, you know, they'll get second because I think Venezuela might be taking first place at this point. Uh, Of course, I'm going to stick to my predictions from last week. I'm not changing them or anything, but for now... It does look like Venezuela might have this group uh, just taken over. But in third, we have Puerto Rico with a current record of one and one. They got smacked around a little bit by Venezuela. And, you know, while I say smacked around, they made it very interesting. They made it a very interesting game. Uh, That one finished nine to six. So it looked like it was going to be ugly for a while the wheels had just absolutely come off of puerto rico jose barrios did not have a good start whatsoever but once the bullpen came in they kind of shut it down and quieted things out however things you know fell apart for venezuela as well as pablo lopez he was lights out Pablo Lopez was absolutely dominant, but once he came out of the game, it just slowly started to fall apart. However, Venezuela was able to hold on to hand Puerto Rico that first loss of the tournament. Israel is in second right now with a 1-0 record, so obviously things can change there. We don't know. I don't expect Israel to finish in the top two here. Uh, Again, I, I still see them seeing fourth or fifth. We're going to have to see with them beating Nicaragua. I can very likely see them grab fourth at this point but I don't think they're going to finish any higher than that I think they're lucky to be in the place where they are right now sitting in second they better enjoy it while it lasts because it's it's not going to last long and like I said Venezuela they currently hold first place and they are 
they're honestly looking like the team to beat. Now, yes, their pitching did kind of fall apart in the second half of that game against Puerto Rico, so it is going to be a question mark moving forward. However, 2-0 and to start this tournament, and their offense is just absolutely motoring along, absolutely dominant. It's been crazy. And you know, that nine to six, we're seeing a lot of high scoring games here. Obviously, we saw the 22 to two game uh, for Korea, the 18 to eight game between Canada and Great Britain, the nine to six between Venezuela and Puerto Rico. And I forgot to mention before the U.S. versus Mexico. Mexico absolutely tore the U.S. to shreds 11 to five. So these games have been exciting. And you can hear it in the crowds. If you watch the games if you have the ability to stream the games or if you watch the highlights back later the crowds have been absolutely electric no matter which teams are playing these crowds are huge the u.s mexico game had over forty-seven thousand people in the stands it's been absolutely crazy to watch and the noise is deafening in the venezuela puerto rico game i don't think i've ever heard a more fired up crowd in my life it's been absolutely, it, you know, it almost equates to what you see at soccer games. Because if you watch soccer at all, the crowds are absolutely like it just becomes a roar and becomes an absolute roar, you know, especially if there's a goal uh, or anything of the sort. It just becomes so loud and the rumble and the roar is insane. And that's how this felt. It was just a constant explosion of cheers and excitement. Everyone is just on their feet and having having an amazing time. And that's one of the beauties of this tournament because these fans in these other countries get a chance to really compete. Obviously, the MLB is you know the largest league, the biggest league, the most the most notable baseball league across the world, I would say, uh, kind of, you know, you have the KBO up there, you have the Japanese league kind of sitting up there, but the MLB is touted as the best and the most popular. So when these fans get a chance to actually watch their teams play, the people from their country play all together, it has to be one of the most exciting moments for them. And it's just so fun to watch and listen to. It's incredible. This tournament has been absolutely exciting so far. Absolutely electric. And again, as I've said before, I'm all for this. It's been so much fun to watch. I love the World Baseball Classic. I hate the fact that I really don't get to stream the games. I have to go back and watch the highlights, uh, but it is what it is. I'm still enjoying myself thoroughly by watching these highlights and watching the stories break down. But, but... Let's move out of the World Baseball Classic a little bit. And to finish out this morning, we have some contracts to talk about and for some major, major prospects and players. The first, I'm actually going to start with the uh, less touted one, I would say, the quieter signing of Kiebert Ruiz for the Nationals. 24-year-old catcher that they got from the Dodgers back in 2021 with the plan to build around him, and they have started that process process the nationals looking to just dig themselves out of this hole that they've been stuck in for the past couple of years you know ever since their world series victory what was that 2019 2018 i'm already forgetting forgetting now the years are just blending together for me at this point but i do believe it was 2019 ever since then that team has just kind of fallen apart they've lost so many of their big stars they've lost so many key players and they've just been struggling finishing around fourth and fifth each year ever since and so it's just been tough for them, but it looks like they might start, you know, might start picking it up. They have a lot 
a lot of young talent, especially after the trade of Juan Soto to San Diego. They got a lot of pieces back in that trade that they can use for the future, whether as players or trade pieces, it doesn't matter. They've got a lot going for them right now. It might take a couple more years before you actually start to see the results of that, but it's looking pretty good for them. And Kiebert Ruiz is part of that. The 24-year-old has signed an eight-year deal, so that goes until 2030 and has two years worth of club options that could extend the contract out to 2032. However, Ruiz is guaranteed $50 million, and that will obviously grow if those club options are utilized. And Ruiz said at his press conference after the extension that he had no idea that this was coming, that he went into spring training not expecting a deal to be put on the table. He was still two years away from arbitration because he wouldn't have been eligible for that until 2025. He wouldn't have been a free agent until 2027. So he didn't really go into spring training here expecting any kind of extension to be laid out on the table for him. But The Nationals are looking to keep him around. They're looking to build around him, as I said, and he's getting that opportunity to be a centerpiece of the Nationals future. So I'm very excited for Ruiz. This is going to be really exciting for him, and I hope he absolutely pops off after this extension. I hope he has an absolutely electric year. I hope he has an absolutely electric career. This will be a lot of fun to watch. It, You know, I've never really been a Nationals fan. I've been more drawn to the Braves or the Marlins if we're looking at the NL East. However, to see the Nationals be good again, you know, it would just make that NL East even more enticing with a Braves team that is still electric, a Mets team that continues to be good as Steve Cohen has improved the team year after, you know, the past couple of years ever since he took over, and the Phillies just doing Phillies things and being sneakily good. Of course, they won the National League pennant uh, this past year. They made it they made it to the World Series, and really that was not expected with the Mets and Braves above them, you know. It, it was expected that they'd probably finish third. They didn't look like a favorite, but they came through and did it, which shows that they are good. They improved as well over the offseason. They are just this NL East, you know, division is just looking electric. And if these teams continue to hold strong over the next couple of years and the Nationals enter the mix, oh, this division is just going to be so much fun to watch as a casual fan. It's going to be incredible. I promise you that. But one other contract I want to talk about before I head out here is Corbin Carroll, the number two prospect in MLB, Arizona Diamondbacks top prospect. He has signed an extension as well. He has joined the eight-year signing party along with Ruiz. Yes, another eight-year deal. This one, again, will take him until 2030 with the Diamondbacks, although his is a little bigger of a contract, guaranteed $111 million over those eight years, and there is a club option for the 2031 season that would see that contract grow to $134 million if it is utilized. Now, Corbin Carroll, I want to talk about him for a second because he looks absolutely amazing. He is going to be a major, major centerpiece player for this Diamondbacks team for years to come. And I I honestly hope he has an insane career as it looks like he may because he's 22 years old, 22 years old and getting this contract extension. That just shows the Diamondbacks intent to keep him around and to build around him. And, you know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. So in 104 at-bats this past year in the majors, he got 104 at-bats. He hit 260 with four home runs, 14 RBIs, two stolen bases. And so overall, 
you know, a very small sample size, but still looking really good. But let's take a look at his overall stats across the minors because that gives us a bigger sample size to really show how good this kid is. So in all 362 at-bats that he has had, uh, this was the last season in the minors, he bat 307 with 24 home runs, 62 RBIs, 31 stolen bases, and a 1.035 OPS. That is incredible. Those stats are nuts. In 362 at-bats, he had that kind of production. And there are other stats that I could get into as well, but I'll just leave it at that because those stats say enough. This kid is incredible. Incredible. And I am so excited to see him in the majors again as a casual fan. This kid is going to be so electric and so much fun to watch. He is one of the fastest players in the MLB right now. And, you know, it's not just speed. Yes, speed is his main attribute that people really know him for. But look at those other stats. A 307 batting average, which means he hits for average. He's not just a slugger or someone who, you know, is lucky to get on base because of his speed or anything like that. He actually hits. He puts the bat on the ball and he gets a lot of base hits. Not only that, though, he has some pop. He has some power in that bat. 24 home runs and 362 at bats in the minors. That's pretty good. That is good power. That is awesome power for someone who's going to get the bat on the ball a lot. So amazing production, third production here. 31 stolen bases across those 362 at-bats. Just, oh, this kid looks so good. He looks so good, and I'm so for it. I, I'm excited for the Diamondbacks. It's about time that they put together a team that is actually going to take them somewhere. They almost had it a few years back when they did make the playoffs. I believe they made the wild card game if memory serves, but they actually look like they're starting to build a core that is going to allow them to get to the playoffs. Obviously, the NL West is a very competitive division. The Dodgers are still doing Dodgers things despite losing a few pieces over this past offseason. The Padres are looking like the team to beat over there right now, and the Giants aren't slouches either. The only team that really doesn't look all that competitive in that division right now are the Rockies, and so it's going to be very, very exciting to watch. These divisions... These divisions are looking more competitive right now and in the next couple of years than I think we've ever seen. The AL East is competitive as ever. It's going to be so much fun to watch how that plays out. Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and Orioles all look like pretty decent teams, some better than others, but it looks like any team could realistically have a shot if things go right for them there. The NL East, again, like I said before, in the next couple of years, we could have a four to five way race for the title. It could be all four, you know, it could be four to all five teams right up there playing for the title, especially with this new balanced schedule where teams play everybody and there are less games with your division rivals. So it's going to be so much fun to watch. The NL West could be getting extremely competitive. You know, the central divisions are looking kind of iffy. Even the AL West looks better than I think either of the central divisions right now. And the AL West, again, one of those divisions that could become very competitive if the right moves are made, if the right things are done. 
you could have the Astros, Mariners, Angels, and Rangers all fighting for that top spot, those top couple of places. The only team that, again, doesn't really look competitive right now or in the next couple of years would be the Oakland Athletics. So it's going to be so exciting to watch. Corbin Carroll, I'm so excited he got this contract. He absolutely deserves it, especially if he continues that level of production here in the major leagues that we saw in the minors last season. And he, if he can live up to any level of the hype, he is going to have a stellar career. And I'm so excited for him. But that is the end of this episode of Eye on the Ball, you guys. I was so happy to be here for this, to break down a bit of what has happened in the World Baseball Classic, to look at these contracts, and I'm going to try and do quarterfinal predictions later this week on Twitter. I'm going to try and do a video for those, so look out for that. If you don't follow me over there, give me a follow. The link is in the show notes, and it will probably also be on the BBP News Twitter page as well, so go ahead and follow that as well. If you guys have your own predictions, make sure to send me a message, whether through BBP News or myself. Again, those links are in the show notes, so you know, hit me up. Hit me up with your predictions. I can read them out on the show. If you'd like those to go on the show, I'd love to read them. I'd love to hear from you guys. So just reach out and let me know. But until tomorrow morning, you guys, with another episode of Idiots in the News and then Friday with a news episode, we'll see you later. Have a great continuation of your week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.